Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Today we're going to be taking a look at Yahshua's parable of the treasure. Now this is also known as the parable of the hidden treasure. Because while this particular parable of Christ is only one verse long, it also appears within the Gospel of Thomas, which is considered uncanonized. And as a result, we're going to be taking a look at this particular parable from both Thomas the 109th saying, but also Matthew chapter 13, which is the only place in the King James Version of the Bible where this particular parable appears. And before beginning, I should point out that we should not confuse this particular parable of Yahshua's parable of the pearl of great price, which I preached, I believe, in January of this year. 2016. Now the themes are almost identical because we're dealing with particular things. Most importantly, number one being treasure. In Yahshua's parable of the pearl, the treasure naturally was a pearl. But that also was hidden. And you're going to see that Yahshua teaches very similarly right here. In Matthew chapter 13. And Matthew chapter 13 not only provides several keys into unlocking this particular parable, but it holds the parable itself and the parable of the pearl of great price. In fact, this parable appears before Yahshua's parable of the pearl of great price. And the pearl of great price is found in verse 45. But the parable of the hidden treasure is this in its entirety. And we read in the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Christ says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Now, you should already be able to see the similarities to the parable that he gives directly after this. In verse 45, once again, the parable of the pearl of great price. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now I should point out about this time that what we're dealing with here is forsaking all we have and going after this proverbial hidden treasure. 
Now, in the parable of the pearl of great price, which again we covered in January, what is hidden is goodly pearls. And when he finds one pearl of great price, well, he goes and he sells or gives away all that he has. Then after this, he gives the parable of the dragnet in the sea. And I most assuredly have covered that this year. But in almost every parable that we read in Matthew chapter 13, it centers around something being hidden and then found when a particular individual forsakes everything to go after that. Or it centers around something very, very minute, very small, growing into something big. So the entire parable is that. The kingdom of heaven is like or likened unto treasure that was hidden within a field. Though which, when a man, an Israelite, hath found it, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all he has, and buys that field. Now before actually getting deeper into this, let's point out the obvious. Yahshua says the kingdom of heaven is forsaking everything else in the world and going after that which is of great price. In the parable of the pearl, the pearl itself was of great price. However, in this parable of the hidden treasure, it is the treasure itself that is of great price. And therefore, to fully understand what Yahshua is teaching here, we must dissect certain terms. Number one, hidden. And number two, treasure. But, I'd like to point out to you that from beginning to end, In the Old Testament, it is God's people, Israel, that's you and I, the Scandinavian, Germanic, and kindred people, the Saxons in short. We are considered God's treasure. Don't believe me? Well, we're going to turn momentarily to Exodus chapter 19. And it is here in Exodus where the law is given. The very law. And we find a particular statement. So, let's look at Exodus. Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 3. Moses went up unto God, and Yahweh called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house, meaning race of Jacob, and tell the children, meaning race of Israel. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Pay close attention. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, who? The Israelites. Verse 5 says, If you will obey Yahweh's voice and keep my covenant, then shall ye be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. And, for all the earth is mine. Now, There are people who will come in and tell you God does not show partiality. And indeed, this is mostly true. God doesn't show me particular partiality because I'm a preacher. Judgment begins at the house of Yahweh God. But what we just learned was that Moses himself was told all the way back at the giving of the law that if the Israelites, a nation, who are the quote-unquote apple of Yahweh's eye, if we will obey and do His commandments then we will be considered what? Well, verse 5 says, Ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Who? The Israelites. Therefore, in dealing with Yahshua's parable of the hidden treasure, 
it should be pointed out that the treasure that is mentioned, that is hidden in the field, quote unquote, are the Israelite men, women, and children. Don't believe me? Well, I can also prove this from the 135th Psalm. And in Psalm 135, we read in verse 4, For Yahweh hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. Once again, the descendants of Jacob, Israel, the man, are scripturally, at least according to the Old Testament, a treasure of Yahweh God. And in all the parables, we find that there is a husbandman or a master. And the quote-unquote man in Yahshua's parables is always God. The field is always the world. And what we're dealing with here, this treasure that is hidden, are the Israelites, a peculiar people unto Yahweh God. And we proved that at the beginning of the Old Testament, Exodus, the middle of the Old Testament being Psalms. But let me prove this one more place. Turn to the final book in the Old Testament, that is the book of Malachi. And we're going to see that the Old Testament even ends teaching on this point, that the Israelites are the treasure of Yahweh God. In Malachi chapter 3, we read in verse 16, then they that feared Yahweh spoke often one to another, and Yahweh hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before them that feared Yahweh and that thought upon His name. Now we're dealing once again, just like in Exodus, just like in the Psalms, with Israelites. Because Genesis to Revelation, the book is written for one group of people. And we're told here, those that fear Yahweh God, those that were written in the book of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the Lamb's book of life, if you will, they are something specific. If they obey. If they obey. Verse 17 confirms that. Here in Malachi chapter 3, he says, They, the Israelites, shall be mine, saith Yahweh of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son. That serveth him. A man spareth his own son that serveth him. Notice that Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, ends on the note of a coming redeemer. A coming servant. And that servant, of course, is Yahshua, who came to be a servant to the Israelite people. It was Yahshua who washed the feet of his disciples. It was Yahshua who hung out with sinners and publicans. So, we've already confirmed several things. And all of these things pertain to Yahshua's parable of the treasure. That is this. Number one and most importantly. From Exodus, the beginning of the Old Testament, to Malachi, the end. We read that Israel are a treasure. But who are Israel? Israel are a race and or a nation. And we just read in Psalm 135 that if we, as that race, the holy, peculiar people of Yahweh God will obey then God will love us more than any other, what? Nation. Nation. So while it is that God is not a respecter of persons, He most assuredly has a chosen people. And those chosen people, when they obey, are supposed to be a treasure unto God. A treasure. So, let's turn back very quickly to Matthew chapter 13. 
Let's read this one verse parable of Yahshua. And hopefully this will start to make a little more sense. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Treasure, which Psalm, Exodus, and Malachi, and many other places all prove that are the Israelite people. So Yahshua is saying what? The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom itself, is like unto Israelites that are hid within a field. So what is a field? I already briefly told you that. But in this very chapter, we learn the rest of the keys here. Number one, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hidden a field. Well, the field is the world, according to this very chapter, but verse 38. St. Matthew chapter 13, verse 38, where he says, the field is the world. So, we can apply that to this particular parable, right? But there's much more than that. The man in this allegory would be Christ. Verse 34 proves that. All things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable he spake nothing. Also, verse 37, he answered and said, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Yeshua's very explanation has provided two keys thus far in the same chapter where the parable of the hidden treasure appears. And that is number one, the field is the world. Number two, the man is Yahshua. So again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure, Israelites, hid within the world. Hidden from their identity, my friend. It is in the glory of Yahweh God to conceal a matter, but it is the duty of saints to seek it out, is it not? And so we live in an era now where a majority of people will come in with a knee-jerk reaction and say, well, the Jews are God's chosen. That's not written in Scripture. But what is written in Scripture is that if we, as a nation or a race, will obey Yahweh's commands, which is basically our whole duty to do, then we will be considered a treasure. But on the same token, Christ is teaching that that treasure is hidden within a quote-unquote proverbial field or a world. And so, because the Israelites were hidden within the world, the which, when a man, being Yahshua, hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buys that field. Why? Because that field is more valuable than everything that man had. There was one point within the Gospels where Yahshua was sitting within the temple of Jerusalem. And a widow came, and she threw in two mites. And those standing round about said, oh, well, she only gave two pennies. And Yahshua said that he had more respect unto that widow's mite. And the reason for that was because she gave all she had. It wasn't out of her abundance. She wasn't that greatly blessed so that she could give 10%. So it was a greater act in the eyes of God, giving all we have. And that's what we're dealing with right here in the parable of the treasure. This man goes and he gives all he has to obtain that field. Because he knows something's within that field. It's the knowledge of knowing who we are, the Israelites, the treasure of God. Now there are several other things that Yahshua specifically taught pertaining to treasure. And I feel that they're very important. They're all right here within the Gospels. So, since we're in Matthew, turn to chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Christ says, in verse 20, 
Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, my friend. And that is why this parable of the hidden treasure is so powerful. Because the certain man who went hid first and then sold all that he had to obtain that field because there was a treasure within it, did so because it was within his heart. Because he was laying up for himself treasures in heaven. His priorities were correct. Now, this is not the only place where this statement is found. For example, in Luke chapter 12, we read the same exact thing. And this is very important because if we, as the Israelite men, women, and children, would actually use the next few passages that I'm going to provide you as the litmus test of trying the spirits, we would not have the problems we do. Very simple, this teaching of Yahshua. Where a man's heart is, there is his treasure, because a man's heart centers around his treasure. Basically, all you need to know about a man is what he spends his money on, because that's what's in his heart. So, in Luke chapter 12, we read, beginning in verse 33, he says, Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not where no thief approacheth, nor moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Bottom line is this. What a man goes after, what a man spends his money on or surrounds himself is where his heart and or mind is. If we discern the spirits and we go around a particular individual whose entire goal is drugs and booze, that's where his heart is. Not serving the Holy Spirit, but serving another spirit, my friend. So therefore, understand what Yahshua is teaching. And that is common sense. What a man goes after is what his heart is. In the parable of the hidden treasure, this other man went and sold everything he possessed to obtain that treasure, right? Because there was no greed within his heart. He understood value that that field full of hidden treasure was greater than what he possessed. And down here in the world, they say, well, a bird in hand's worth two in the bush, but where's the leap of faith in all of this? Two times already, from Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 12, Yahshua says that where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart will be. If your treasure is towards God and the advancement of His kingdom, then logic and common sense dictate that that's what you're going to be striving to do, like the man in the parable. Forsaking everything else to go after that which is valuable. But I assure you, my friends, the godless do not do this. Godless don't care. It doesn't even matter if they're 75 years old. They'll go and spend their money on self as opposed to others, as opposed to the advancement of kingdoms. So, while we're here in Luke, turn to chapter 6. And in St. Luke chapter 6, we read in verse 45, Yahshua straightforwardly commands and teaches, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. Why? For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. 
Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Do you understand what Yahshua is saying? If we would judge a man according to their fruit, judge that proverbial tree, we would not be deceived. It is us, the Israelites, who tend to justify those sinful men and women. But, for example, if a man, all he can do is have a vile, filthy mouth, that's what's in his heart. That's what's in his mind, according to Yahshua. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. If a man strives all the time to be number one, I'm the greatest thing in Christian identity, then he's not so concerned with pleasing God in as much as he is pleasing men. And we know that Paul said, if we persuade men, we cannot be the servants of Christ. But in every example here I have proven to you, it centers around treasure. And it's spoken to the Israelites who are supposed to be an obedient treasure unto God. So, one final place to actually prove this. Turn with me back to Matthew, however, this time, chapter 12. Beginning in verse 34, Christ says, O generation or race of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What a man speaks, my friend, is what's in his mind or heart. If he's vile and crude and pornographic, then that's what's within his heart. Pornea and evil, adultery. If all he can do is use vile words, then he has a vile heart, a vile mind. Judge a tree according to their fruits. Why? Because an evil man, out of the abundance of the heart, speaks. And so also do the good. Verse 35 confirms that. Christ says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. So, Yahshua didn't give you a great mystery here, a great allegory. That is, judge a tree according to their fruit. If all they do is attack other people, then that's what's in their heart, not getting along peaceably. Why is this important? Because Yahshua spoke exactly what he meant, and so also will a true, genuine pastor or man or woman of Yahweh God. They're not going to hide it like this. What is hidden, however, are the fact that we are Israel. We've proven that. And if we are Israel, then that and that alone 
is a quote-unquote pearl of great price or a hidden treasure. That should cause you to forsake everything else and go after that. Why? Because you will obtain treasure in heaven. And treasure in heaven or within the kingdom does not corrupt. It does not fade away. But those that can only see the flesh, everything they do, their entire drive and or ambition is led by what's within their heart or mind. Bottom line is this. If you're 70, near death, you could go and choose to go on a nice long vacation and treat yourself. Or you could take that money and you could feed the hungry. You could clothe the naked. You could observe the golden rule. And a man of Yahweh God who is spiritual will do that. But a flesh man will not. The bottom line is, you should be able to judge them by what they speak. What they surround themselves with. By what their quote-unquote treasure is. Because where our treasure is, there's our heart. A man's house being full of God, being full of the Word, being full of religious icons is much better than a man's house who's filled with pentagrams and pictures of Anton LaVey or Satan. Right? Well, that's common sense. So, one more place while we're here in Luke. We're going to take a look at Luke chapter 12. We read, Towards the conclusion of Yahshua's parable of the rich fool. This is verse 20. God said unto him, the rich fool, in this allegory, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Very, very powerful question. When you die, who's going to obtain and own the things that you've worked for? And more importantly, What's going to happen to what you consider to treasure? Now, we should guard ourselves in this regard. Because in my own life, I've seen it. But when it all comes down to it, the next verse provides you a key. Verse 21, here in St. Luke chapter 12. So is he that layeth up not treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. Do you understand now why the Israelites are considered a treasure? Because we're to be rich towards God. And the only way to be rich towards God is to obey. We covered that in Exodus, in Psalms, and in Malachi. If we obey, we will be a treasure. And even though we as a treasure, the Israelite men, women, and children are hidden within the world, well, that does not disannul the fact that fact is fact, truth is truth, and the decisions that each and every one of us make come back to what's in our heart, our priorities. Do you concern yourself with self or do you concern yourself with the kingdom and obeying God and pleasing Him and being, quote-unquote, rich towards God? If you're rich towards God, you will not be rich in the ways of the world. Why? Because if you're rich in the ways of the world and you're a true Christian, you're not going to be rich anymore. You're going to use that for good and you're going to reap so much more than you sow. But it's that very first leap of faith that a majority of people cannot take. They say, well, I'm going to lean to myself. I'm going to get my own job. I'm going to make my own money. And I'm going to develop and stockpile all of my own treasures. And what are they? But a representation of what is within that man's heart. So you, as a Christian father or mother, if you have many children, and one flocks to sin, and one flocks to obedience to Yahweh God, who are you going to justify? Who are you going to give your quote-unquote riches to? Well, the answer should be obvious. It should be that treasure 
in the eyes of God. Now, the flesh man only sees the flesh. And it's actually very sad. To them, death is the end. So they spend all their time amassing treasures here that are corruptible. And then when they die 20 years later, well, everything they work for is going to be sold on Facebook or eBay. And what's the end? What's the bitter end of all this? The bitter end is that it's still hidden. And that's the second thing I want to take a look at. We've already established that treasure in Scripture usually denotes the Israelite men, women, and children, or it should be. If we are obedient, we are a treasure to God. Not a great thing? Think about it. Many people out there want to serve God, but they don't know how to go about pleasing Him. How to be a quote-unquote treasure. Now how about some things that are hidden? Well, turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet to Israel. And Isaiah preached about the coming Redeemer. But he also provides us a valuable second witness to what Yahshua is teaching here. And Matthew chapter 13. In Isaiah chapter 45, we read, beginning in verse 1, Thus saith Yahweh to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations and or races before him. I will loose the loins of kings, to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. What are we talking about here? The kingdom. Verse 2 says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in places the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. Remember that Yahshua said, Narrow is the way and straight is the gate that leadeth to eternal life and few there be that find it. Why? Verse 3 here in Isaiah chapter 45. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, Yahweh, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. The God of Israel. So all these terms are right here in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. Which one's hidden? Treasure, race, Yahweh, and the fact that this was spoken to a specific group of people. A specific group that will be known the hidden riches of the secret places. So while this treasure was hidden within the world, that would be considered secret, right? But when you learn that secret, when you obtain that treasure, you already know it, don't you? That the Israelites are the chosen of God. Therefore, everything that is hidden will ultimately come to light. Now we're here in Isaiah. Turn over three chapters to 48. And we read in verse 6, Thou hast heard, see all this, and will ye not declare? I have showed new things from this time, even hidden things, that thou didst not know them. You didn't know them. So, let me digress right here. Many people will be saying, well, Yahshua's parable of the hidden treasure is just that, it's hidden. But once it's discovered, it's no longer hidden, is it? And we just learned that. Here in Isaiah... The very prophet speaking for Yahweh God. And he says, I have showed Israel new things from this time. Even hidden things. Hidden things that you didn't know. That is, before. So, if you're reading along with me, or if you're listening to this study, and all of a sudden, this hidden treasure 
is made manifest to you and you understand who it is being the Israelite people. That's to the glory of God. That proves the power of these parables. Don't deny it. Men will come in and say, oh, well, the parable of hidden treasure, nobody really knows what that hidden treasure is. But did we not confirm already that they are the Israelites? And so if you know now that you are a hidden treasure to God or can be through obedience, go and sell everything you have and go after that field. Go after that truth. Go after the world and go after who? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. That, my friend, is who Yahshua came for. That is who He instructed His latter disciples to go after. Go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so, we're going to take a look at one more point before we get to Thomas. And when we look at Thomas, we'll conclude. But two more sets of passages I want to take you to, and they're both found in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read, beginning in verse 6, Paul says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified Him. Bottom line, that treasure is who? (laughs) The treasure is Yahweh God in flesh, Jesus Christ, our Messiah. We, of course, comprise His body. But the world does not recognize it. That's why in Yahshua's parable of the treasure, it's hidden. Now, it's hidden in plain sight, ironically. But those that are willfully ignorant will never understand this truth. That Israelite men, women, and children are hidden within the world being a remnant. Being those that do not bow knee to Baal. And, Paul says right here, we speak of the hidden things. Things that are hidden. That's a pastor's job. To make something that once was lost and or hidden, like the pearl of great price or this treasure, visible and understandable to you. So that it is no longer hidden. You understand what I'm saying? The parable of the hidden treasure is going to be hidden to 98% of the world out there. Including those that profess to be Christians. Because they do not believe the word of God and they cannot go back to verses like Exodus chapter 19 that prove the Israelites and them only above every other nation are considered a treasure of God. A treasure that's hidden to the world. The world didn't understand Yahshua. If they did, they wouldn't have killed Him. You understand the difference? Therefore, on the same token, because the world killed Christ, they're going to persecute you. And when you come in and say, hey, I can prove in Psalm 135, that the Israelites are the treasure spoken of by Yahshua in Matthew chapter 13. They're going to come in and not understand it. That's the same spirit that's in their heart that caused them to kill Yahshua. That's why out of the mouth proceeds what's in the heart. You really want to split hairs and defend the Romans? The bottom line is, whether it was Pilate, the Jews, or the Romans, if it wasn't in the heart of man to murder, Yahshua wouldn't have been killed. But they killed them only because they didn't recognize them as God. That was hidden to them. Just like the very reason Yahshua spoke in parables, according to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. That is, so in hearing, they wouldn't understand. So if the masses do not understand, 
and they assuredly don't understand this parable of hidden treasure, then don't be shocked when the world comes in and says, of course we're not the Israelites. The Jews are. Have them prove that. I can prove to you, just like we did today, that the Israelites are hidden. That Yahshua's parables are also hidden from the majority. I already briefly said to you that he taught narrow is the way and few there be that find it. But you will find no lack of men and women who will come in and debate and say, well, God loves sinners. Wrong. God hates sinners. Or they'll say, Yahweh's not judge when Yahweh's the only judge. Does it not stand to reason that 98% of the people who tell you something that's not in Scripture, when they tell you the Jews are God's chosen, that also is not in Scripture? (laughs) Just something to think about. So in conclusion here, before we get to Thomas, let's look at one more place in 1 Corinthians. This time, chapter 4, verse 5, where we're commanded as Israelites, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Oh, I see. Then and only then, when those things that were hidden, when the treasure that was hidden within the world is made manifest, when it's brought to light, when the hidden things of darkness are finally made blaringly obvious, including the things of man's hearts. What do we learn? Then, and only then, can every man have the praise of God. A man could come in and tell you he loves God all he wants. It does not mean it's true. The only way that you, as an Israelite sheep, will know that or discern that for yourself is to try the spirits, is to judge a tree according to his fruit. So therefore we're told in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, judge nothing before the time. Before the time. What's that mean? That means if a particular individual does not understand the hidden things of Scripture, don't judge him. Because afterwards, if they're still hidden to him, if they're still not treasures to him, if they're not within the counsels of their own heart, then God will judge. And God will destroy So our job as the Israelite men, women, and children is to make this truth, this Anglo-Israel fact of Scripture known. While it is hidden from the world, while the field is the world, the man is Jesus Christ, the treasure are the Israelites, and all of these things have been hidden before the foundations of the world, the burden of proof is still on you. It is up to you to seek this out for yourself. So, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, we dealt with the parable of the treasure. That is the only place within our authorized Bible that this particular parable appears. Now, it is similar to other parables, like we pointed out today, the parable of the pearl of great price. But let's take a look, if you have one, at the 109th statement that is attributed to Jesus the Christ according to the Gospel of Thomas. Now, the Gospel of Thomas is not canonized. It will not be found within your Bible, but I personally suggest you get a copy of it. We read in the 109th statement, Jesus said, The kingdom is like a man with treasure, of which he is unaware, hidden in his field. He died and left the field to his son. His son knew nothing about it, and having received the field, 
sold it. But the new owner came, and while plowing, found that treasure. He began to lend money at interest to anyone he wished. Notice it is a little different, but it centers around the same thing. A hidden treasure buried within the world and or the field. Now, there's all sorts of people that are going to garble this statement. They're going to come in and they're going to tell you things that aren't scriptural, like we've tried to prove tonight about the hidden things of the world, about the fact that we are the treasure of God. But notice here in Thomas, the first two characters here, they act rationally enough in light of the fact that they're ignorant of the treasure. They don't do anything particularly evil. But the third character is just lucky. He lends his money at interest, and that may be a mark against him, according to this allegory in the Gospel of Thomas, because this same Gospel of Thomas in the 95th statement of Yahshua teaches us, if you have some money, don't lend it out at interest, but give it to someone who will return it to you. That's the Gospel of Thomas. So, it's a little different here in the fact that this man was just lucky. This man fell into this treasure. But he understood the value of the treasure. And the value of the treasure was so much that he could go and lend to anybody he chose. Anybody he chose. That includes Israelites. The law is given in Leviticus and Deuteronomy say we can't lend at usury unless they're a stranger. So in this particular statement, 109 in the Gospel of Thomas, while they are similar, they are very different. But the main theme still bleeds through, depending on whether you read Thomas 109 or Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. And that is this. If something is hidden to you and something comes to light, for example, even today you learned that the Israelites are the treasure of God, then that is the most valuable thing. The most valuable thing. Man of the flesh will not disregard or sell everything he has to go after that. A man of the Spirit will because he understands death is the beginning of the journey, not the end. So I hope that this look at Yahshua's parable of the hidden treasure has helped you in your own personal studies. Let me point out tomorrow, June 9th, is my birthday. If you feel inspired and supporting this ministry at that time, that would be a good time to do that. I will be 43 years old, my how time flies. 20 years of preaching this Israelite truth. And for the most part, it is still hidden. This pearl of great price, this hidden treasure. And while pastors like myself and Dr. Wickstrom do all we can to try to bring this truth to life, that you, Israelite man, woman, or child, are a treasure to God if you obey, the unbelieving world will simply not accept it. And the unbelieving world will deny that fact. So let it be hidden to them. They also are part of the field. But so are we, the fellow vineyard workers. And so don't let it be hidden unto us. In fact, let that truth be known to everybody. And when you come across something that is hidden, whether it be knowledge, whether it be history, or whether it just be common sense dawning on you and giving you an epiphany, as to something you've never seen before, be grateful. Sacrifice everything else in the pursuit of knowledge. Because the fear of God 
is the beginning of wisdom. Now, there's tons of fools out there, but in order to be truly wise, you must go to truth. John 17, 17, Yahshua says, Thy word is truth. Therefore, in order to fully dissect and understand this parable of the hidden treasure, we have to keep it within the confines of canonized script. And I hope I was able to do that for you this evening. So, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.